and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Amen. Dive right into the Scriptures tonight. If you'll turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. I feel like the Lord wants to encourage us tonight, challenge us a little bit. Amen. When you come to Matthew chapter 28, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word in reverence and respect of His Word. We're going to be in verse number 16. Verse number 16. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee into a mountain Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. We ask that it would go forth with that anointing and break yokes of bondages in this house tonight. And Lord, we ask that your presence would just infiltrate this sanctuary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Real quickly, what has happened in this chapter, we know that this is the Great Commission that Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. But what has happened at the beginning of this chapter is that, and we're coming quickly upon the time here in a few weeks, Jesus has resurrected. Everybody uh, that's anybody would know if someone in the city of Connorsville had been dead three days and then rose again, that would be a big deal. So Jesus is the talk of the town, and that would be unbelievable to see such a sign, such a miraculous thing take place. But I want to draw your attention not not to the Great Commission here tonight, not not to to verse 16 and and talking about the mountain where Jesus had appointed them, but I, I want you to catch something in verse 17 with me real quick. And it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. That's awesome. But there are three words that come after that statement that never that, that, that I never really noticed before, but that perplexes me. They're, they're, they're talking, Brother Matt, they're talking to a risen Christ, a risen Savior, someone that had died on a cross, Brother Wade, three days earlier, or in, by this time, days earlier. And 
They are sitting there on the mountain talking with him and they're worshiping him. But it says at the end of that verse in verse 17, but some doubted. But some doubted. Turn to your neighbor tonight and say, doubt has got to be out. Doubt has got to be out. I, I, I just, just, just indulge me here for a moment. Uh, you have to. I, I just cannot wrap my mind around this, Michael. That that these men and women of God had seen Jesus and knew that Jesus was crucified and pronounced dead on the cross. They, 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 they knew that that. That, that he had been taken to a borrowed tomb. They knew that there had been guards placed out in front of that tomb. They knew that that tomb had been sealed. But they also knew that three days later that Jesus rose from the, the grave in power and in might and, and with all authority in his hands. And he even tells them that in the text, all authority has been given to me. And they could see that Jesus had been raised from the dead, but yet there were some that doubted. I began to, to read that text, Sister Mary Lou, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, if Pastor Ron Russell died, God forbid, and rose three days, I would listen and believe what that man had to say. That would be a miracle. That would be remarkable. That would be unbelievable. And I want you to know that people stood on that mountain with Jesus Christ who had been dead days previous and still had doubt in their hearts. They still doubted. There was, they, 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 they still did not believe. The word in, 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 in the original language means they pretty much they were double-minded. They were back and forth. They couldn't make sense of it all. And they doubted. We know this is true because the Bible tells us uh, that, 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 that the 500 people saw Jesus ascend. Uh, but then the Bible also tells us uh, that on the day of Pentecost, there was only 120 in the upper room. I want to tell you tonight, I want to challenge you tonight that if we want to go to a place in God that we've never been, just like the disciples were about to go, they were about to go into an upper room and they were about to be endued with power from on high. The promise of the Comforter. And they were, they were about to experience that thing. If we're about to experience what we, we talked about and experienced on Sunday, the power of God was just in this house from, from, the, from the singing to the preaching to the altar. God was just moving in this house on Sunday morning. And Sister Maddie began to pray. And she, she began to pray and talk about how we need to raise the standard. We need to break the chains of mediocrity. I want you to know in order for us to go to where God is calling this church uh, and our people to go uh, that we are going to have to get rid of doubt in our lives. I, I want you to, to, to understand this tonight. Uh, the Bible tells us, this is what Jesus says. 
In Mark chapter 11, he says in verse 22, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in that, in that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, in verse 24, I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them I want you to understand me tonight I want you to, 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 to relay this to you for you to understand what I'm saying I thank God for the faith to be saved I thank God that you believed on Christ that you confessed of your sins confessed him as Savior you repented and turned away from I thank God that you've done that for many of you in this house I thank God that you believed him for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. But I want you to know that there is a promise. There is a promise of an outpouring of God's Spirit. And I do not want to miss it because I spent my time second guessing what God was calling me to do, what God was requiring of me. I want you to understand this tonight that I want to see mountains move, but mountains and strongholds will not move and will not be torn down until. I remove the doubt uh, that is present in my heart and in my mind. So doubt has to be out. So you say, okay, it's just simple faith. That's that's easy. I want you to understand, it's not easy to be in an upper room for 10 days while everybody else is celebrating, everybody's hooting and hollering, everybody else is doing what you should be doing, but you're sitting there and saying, God, I'm waiting on the promise. I'm not doubting your word. I'm not doubting what you've called me to do. God, there's something more for me. I'm shut away in this high place. I'm in a place that other people aren't, but God, I'm willing to get a hold of what you have for me. I want you to know there was 120 people that said I've made up in my mind God that I will stay here until you send your promise what it was is there was 120 Jacobs up there that grabbed a hold of the angel of the Lord and said do not I will not let you go unless you bless me church we have to come to God and we have to get to this place in our lives here in 2022 that we walk around with the boldness of the Holy Ghost on our life where we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We've got to begin to speak life. We've got to begin to declare the word of God. And we have to begin to believe what his word says. So here, here's what I want you to understand. The Bible teaches us a simple principle. Many of you have heard this so many times. My mom quoted this so much. I mean, you knew you, you knew you were in a Pentecostal home because you could be spanked speaking in tongues. And you could be spanked quoting scripture. I, I joked around the other night. I said, you know, the only verse I knew growing up until I was about 10 years old was spare the rod, spoil the child. But, but I was just kidding. That's not the only verse I knew. But, but I, you, you, you know you were raised in a preach or something, but my mom used to quote this to me. She said, death and life are in the power of your tongue. I remember one time, by the way, and people think this is crazy. And if you, it, you know, Kelly knows what I'm talking about. She's a boy mom. So me and my brother, man, we, we fight. We, we just go after each other, man. I remember one Christmas, she thought it was a good idea to buy us boxing gloves. Terrible idea. 
terrible idea. But we sit there, and I remember one time, I, I called my, I said, JB, you're stupid. And she looked at me. There wasn't a smirk. There wasn't a, she said, don't you speak that over your brother. I said, you're crazy. What? She said, no, I'm not crazy. You're grounded. She said, we do not talk to our family in a manner that will demean them. We speak life over them. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm eight, nine years old. What, what does that mean to me? I want you to know that what my mother was trying to teach me is that there is power in what I say because I speak from what I know. So here's what I want you to understand. The, the Bible tells us in James chapter 3, uh, it tells us that, that the tongue uh, is a, just a little member of the body, uh, but it is a powerful member of the body. And he says in verse 6 of that chapter, he says the tongue is a fire. You say, what does that mean? I want, here, here's what I want to propose to you tonight. So the Bible tells us, Proverbs 18, there's life and death in the power of your tongue. And then we, we read uh, a thousand years later, James writing in, in, his, in, his, cha in his book, uh, in chapter 3, and he says, listen, your tongue is a powerful thing, uh, and it is a fire. Here's what I want to present to you tonight. If your tongue is a fire, what fire is your tongue starting? Is it starting a fire of doubt and negativity? Or is it fighting, uh, or is it igniting a fire of faith? of belief, of, of, of revival. I, I want to ask you that tonight. What kind of fire is your tongue? Is it, what is it igniting? What is it lighting? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus teaching here. He said, you are the light of the world. How many knows that fire puts off light? He said, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Then he goes on and he says, if you lit a candle, you would not hide it under a bushel, but you would present it in the middle of the house so that all men could see. Here's what I want you to understand. When people look at our lives, what do what, what fire, what light do they see? Do they see someone that is just content to deal with the illness? Do they see someone that is content just to live with this city the way it is? Do they see someone that is wrapped up in negativity, always got something negative to say? Or do they see someone that is a light in the middle of a dark place saying, I'm here so you can see my father who's working on the inside of me. Your tongue is lighting a fire and we've got to get to the place that the only fire we're feeding, the only fire we're putting logs on, the only one we're speaking to is the one that will bring about faith, that will bring about belief, that will bring about revival. Your tongue needs to light the fire of faith so therefore the fire of doubt will be put out. So we see here the light comes on. Talking about fire and light. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John, they go into the temple. They see a man laying at the gate called Beautiful. And they, they, they tell him the famous phrase, you know, gold and silver have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. 
Why were they able to do that? Because they came in contact with a fire of faith. They came in contact with a fire of power. They came in contact with something they never come in contact with before. And they, have, they, they very well may have uh, and probably did walk by this man hundreds of times uh, and never said anything to him. Uh, but on this day, they were feeding the fire of faith. And they looked down on him, and they they didn't they, they looked down on him, and they 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 they, they didn't say, uh, well, I, I think that God could possibly heal you. They didn't say, I, 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 I'm going to pray, and I, I hope uh, that God will do something. No, what they said is, we believe uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you will stand up uh, and walk. Uh, I want you to realize this. Uh, we 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 try to make things so hard, uh, and I, I know that there there are, there are times that we pray. There's times that the answer is no. I'm not here to dispute sometimes the will of God. But my Bible tells me that I'm to seek after and pray according to the will of God. So that day they walked by and they said it is the will of God for this man to not remain crippled but for him to walk. I want to come by here tonight and say it is not God's will for you to just get by another year uh, for you just to sit in a pew and merely exist uh, I want you to know uh, that I'm getting rid of the doubt in my life uh, and I'll tell you this uh, you can walk with authority uh, you can walk in anointing uh, you can walk with the fire of God in your life uh, you can walk uh, with healing in your hands uh, a praise on your lips uh, you can live uh, in victory Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, we, we, we talk about the hall of faith. This is a faith chapter. He says in verse 1, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Powerful. For by faith the elders obtained a good report, verse 2 said. But I want you to notice verse 3. Through faith, we understand. Turn to your neighbor and say, We understand. That the worlds were framed by the word of God. So we've been talking about the tongue. We've been talking about what, what, what kind of fire is your, your, your tongue ignited. And the Bible teaches us and they says, we understand that by faith we understand that God framed the world that we're living in by his word. By his word. I want you to realize this, and this may seem very elementary to you, but God's word is powerful enough to create the universe. What power could it bring if it operates in your life? I'm telling you, we've got to get back to the place where we operate according to this word, day in and day out. Not ashamed, not timid, not apprehensive. But listen, this is what they said about Peter and John. And actually, after they did that, the act in Acts chapter three and Acts chapter four, they said, "We there's boldness on them. There is something about them. We know they've been with Jesus." I want to declare to you tonight, PTC Ministries, when you walk 
according to God's word and doubt is out of your life. I want you to realize that you're walking in a place of boldness that people will see and say there's something real and powerful about their life. So we understand that the worlds were made by God's word. Imagine what God's word can do in your life. If it can hang the stars and create every animal you see, every tree you see, what can God's word create in your life? If they'll come to the music tonight, somebody, anybody. Bible tells us also that same chapter that without faith it is impossible to please God. Impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. The Bible also tells us that that there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So let me ask you this tonight. If you love Jesus, why are you afraid? If He's given us perfect love and His love casts out fear, why are we afraid? Say, what, 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 what are you trying to get to, Brother Jay? Are you called? I saw a host of people stand across this platform, across this, in front of this platform on Sunday morning. Are you called? Or are you afraid? We quote it all the time, but I want you to understand this. Paul writing to Timothy, a young preacher, a young man called of God. He says, God has not given you that spirit of fear. Here's here's what you need to understand. If you doubt, if we have doubt in our life, what you're saying to God is fear is present. They're looking at a risen Savior. But some doubted. We're talking about a man that performed signs and wonders. A man that preached with such authority that demons were manifest and cast out. They saw that. But yet some doubted. Let me ask you this tonight. What have you seen God do in times past? But now you find yourself doubting. Well, God, you used to heal. You used to save. You used to deliver. You used to set free. You used to fill with the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that God has not changed, but His church has. Tate Abrams has. 
some doubted. Brother Wade, I don't want to feed that fire. Because God's calling us to a higher place. If you stand tonight, Pastor, do you still have that shield in your office? Is it behind the door? Garrett, do you care to grab that for me? You know where I'm going with this, Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, not your might, His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, Thank you. Against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, Amen. We see all that. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Catch this in verse 16. Above all, turn to your neighbor say, above all, there's nothing more important. Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench or extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, above all you need faith. Because I want you to know this message can't carry you through. An encouraging word helps, but it can't carry you through. Above all, you have to have faith. Faith believes in what you can't see. It says, above all, take, take the shield of faith. Here's what I want you to understand tonight. Is that word for shield in the original language in the Greek? Its root word, Sister Becky, is a door or a gate. I'm not making this up. You can look it up. I triple checked. Because that's so unique, because Matt, what that means is. Above all, take faith because faith, let me use the Bible here, will open doors that no man can shut. But a door will also close and it will not allow the enemy to open it.
Your faith is what makes room for your sword. So what is that? You keep reading Ephesians 6. It says, the sword, of the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Because faith makes, word, makes way for the Word of God to come and to move. The Word of God says, by His stripes we are healed. The Word says to cast your cares upon Him. The Word says that you're cleansed, you're saved, you're set free, you're delivered. But your faith has to make way for that. It has to open the door for you to step in and say, this is what victory feels like. I want you to know that what the church has done for for decades and decades, Brother Wade, is we've hid behind this shield. That was never its its purpose. Yes, it deflects and it, and it quenches, it extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy because the enemy will love to throw doubt your way. But if you, you look up ancient times, this shield was used. Justin, to be banged around, to be pushed, to force open doors for the sword to be used. What this, what this world needs is not another program. Programs are good, but, but Brother Wade, it doesn't need another program. It doesn't need a politician promising you that he's going to fix everything and inflation is going to go down and da-da-da and all this and all that. And I want you to know what it needs is a church uh, that will pick this up uh, and say, you know what, I'm not going to hide behind this, but I'm going to use this uh, to open doors for healing to come, for salvation and freedom to come. But in order for us to pick this up and to use it in the manner in which it's to be used, doubt's got to be out. You're called of God. Don't second guess the call. Well, I, I don't know exactly what God's called you to do, called me to do. Listen, there's things that you can be doing. But I'm afraid. I, 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 I've been in youth ministry seven years. I hear that more than anything. I'll tell you that right now. Young people will flat out tell me, I'm afraid. And I'll be honest with you, there's parents that are afraid. I'm just being honest. But there's something powerful that begins to happen when a group of believers begin to pick up their faith and say, you know what, I'm sick of being afraid because the enemy's tearing up my city. The enemy's tearing up my family. And I'm going to make way for the Word of God to come in. But doubt's going to go. That apprehension that the enemy's been eating you with. It's got to go. The second guessing. It's got to go. Because I want you to know every time that you doubt and you resist, you're letting the devil win. And I'll tell you this, every time you doubt, every time you resist, you're letting your flesh win. And the Bible says if you feed the flesh more than the Spirit, the the flesh will be stronger than the Spirit, and you'll never get anything done in the Spirit because they make war against one another. I want to encourage you. I, I love what was here on Sunday morning. 
you know, some people say, hey, hey, the shouting and the hooting and hollering ain't my bit. Listen, it, it, it used to not be my bit either. But I tell you, there's times that the joy of the Lord is simply my strength. And I'll dance if I want to. I'll shout if I want to. I'll sit and cry when it's quiet if I want to. Because He's everything to me. Here's what I want you to understand. That was awesome. That was great. But if you want to see this city rejoice... Not just the people in this building, but if you want to see this city rejoice, doubt's got to go. And with this, I've had you stand way too long. I'm so sorry. Acts chapter 2, that's where they were going after Matthew 28. They get there. They wait. They have faith. They're praying. They're believing. God fills them with the power of the Holy Ghost. In verse 6 of Acts chapter 2, and I've preached on this before, but it's so powerful. It says, then it became noised abroad. What happened in that upper room? What happened in this church on Sunday? What, what, the, what the writer is saying, what Luke is saying in, in the book of Acts chapter 2 is they got out. Because when doubt gets out, the Spirit of God can come out. And 3,000 souls were saved because 120 people went to another level, went into a deeper walk, deeper relationship with God, and they let their faith make way for the Spirit to be poured out. I want to make way on Wednesday. I want to make way on Sunday. But I want to make way on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday too for the Spirit of God to move. So I want to call us to a place of prayer tonight. Corporately. I want you to put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Grab their hand, whatever. doesn't matter. Because when faith becomes united, it becomes even more powerful. The Bible says that unity is like the anointing oil that flowed down Aaron from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And we're going to come together in faith and in unity for one another, for this city, for this church. And we're going to say, God, Take us to another level. Lord God, we come before you. And God, we're not praying just to pray. We're not praying just to, to be religious and, and to do what the preacher says. But God, I'm praying in faith, believing that mountains can still be moved. That strongholds can still be brought down. God, that the addict can be set free. That the sinner can be saved. God, I believe in the power of your word. And Lord, we're coming to you tonight as a body of believers in unity and in faith. And we're going to make way for the word of God to be declared in this city.
Lord God, I break generational curses off of individuals and off of this city, God. Lord, where there's been a hindrance, Lord, let there be an open door because of the faith of the church. God, I believe, Lord, that there are still signs and wonders that are possible and are able to be done. God, I believe that cancer can be healed. Lord, I believe that diabetes can be healed. I believe, God, that our sons and daughters will prophesy. Lord, I don't have room for doubt in my life, but I'm making room for your word. I rebuke every lie of the enemy. I come against every hindrance in the name of Jesus. God, that we're not just going to be families that go to church, but we're going to be families that are the church. In Jesus' name, Lord, that we're not just a church that operates on Sunday and on Wednesday, but God, we're a church that operates under the unction and under the anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost. Average is not good enough for us. Mediocrity is not good enough for us just to exist. It's not good enough for us. But God, we want you to take us higher. We want you to take us deeper. Lord, we want to go to places we've never known in you before. Lord, I believe when we come into this house on Saturday night for the prayer and worship service uh, that young people are going to be changed. Uh, I believe, God, when we come in on Sunday morning uh, for worship, God, uh, that it's not going to take anybody prompting or priming the people up. uh, But, God, they're going to be excited for what you're going to do. Lord, I speak freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from doubt. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, And thank you for joining us.